Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs About Films. We are diving back to the TV world, back to The Last of Us and the latest episode entitled Long, Long Time on this bonus blogs episode. Now, before we do get into it, apologies, there's not been a recent film review. I said I did a couple of last week, I think it was, Megan and, and playing. I was supposed to see Fablemans at the weekend. Drank a little too much on the Saturday just gone and didn't make it, but I will be checking it out this week, so expect a review on the Fablemans uh, yeah, in the next few days or so. But as I've mentioned at the start there, we are diving back to The Last of Us and the latest episode, which is just, oh my goodness, just when I think this TV show just can't get any better, I find myself yet again completely blown away by what they can do or what they have done with this with this TV show. This episode, long, long time, is easily one of the best pieces of television that I've ever seen. I actually saw an article today that said that you probably won't see a, a, a better a better TV episode for the rest of the year than this. And we're only in January still. At least this when this is being recorded, we're still in January. You know what I mean? We're still very early on in the year, basically. And this is already taking taking reviews and critics by storm, and, and, and viewers as well, that's the thing, because this is the first real kind of deviation from the games and i'm not going to get too bogged down into comparing it because as i've stated i've not really played too much of it i'm enjoying this as a viewer but i i genuinely can't think of the last time i was so engrossed captivated and following and feeling every single emotion that went off in one particular episode following a character this is a wonderful character study a wonderful character piece around bill and obviously his relationship with frank that starts off obviously a few years into the infection and, and and the and the apocalypse and whatnot and we just see it over the course of about 17 years or so just to where they to where they get to it so it's a beautiful beautiful love story honestly i i can't stress enough just how much i really really enjoyed this episode i, I bawled my eyes out like so much during this episode it was beautiful it was it was heart-wrenching at times as well like heartbreaking but it was a very lovely and beautiful love story um I don't think, honestly, since Breaking Bad's Oza Mendeas have I been this, like, this much of an emotional reaction to an episode. Like, obviously, it's a com- kind of completely different thing altogether, but Oza Mendeas is easily, I- I've said for years, could be the best TV episode that's ever aired. I-, I, again, I'm saying that having not watched The Wire, which don't hate on me for that, but this basically straight up, straight up long, long time, um, it's, gone, it's gone straight in there, you know what I mean? It's It's... It certainly is um, something special. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. Directed by Peter Hoare as well, a BAFTA award-winning director. He's done some stuff with uh, on it. On it's a sin, the Umbrella Academy, Daredevil, and, and Doctor Who in particular for Doctor Who fans. He directed a Good Man Goes to War, which was the uh, mid-season finale for season six, I believe that was. Um, and again, yeah, just some great work. And I'm very, very impressed with his visual cinematography. And I've said before, the writers on this have done an absolute stellar job. Like Craig Mazin is just. I just feel like he's just knocking it out of the park at every single every single episode. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into this one. There was really like a lot. And, and, and just before I do dive into it, I think the, the main thing as well that I think this episode is super good at in terms of its structure is that it's not just like a bottle episode or if you've you know, watched The Walking Dead, you'll be very familiar with the filler episodes where they just studied and focused on one or two particular characters and what they're up to. It's obviously that kind of gist in the sense that we are following just a different a different different set of characters to our to our main protagonist in Joel and Ellie. But what's good about this episode is that it it gives reason for why we're why we're seeing this or even how it mainly impacts and it's kind of still on that same journey with Joel and Ellie. It comes back to them at the end of the day. It's not like it's just left field or anything. I think it's 
it's so well crafted. It's 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 a very very fine piece of work, and as I say, the emotions in our household watching this were very high, very high indeed. And uh, I'll be I'll be surprised if anyone says otherwise. So I'm going to kind of go into more details, obviously with spoilers. If you've not seen the episode, I, why are you listening? But still, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, do check the episode out. We're going to be talking about spoilers. Um, and before we do dive into it, of course, this podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts rss.com all that jazz wherever you can get your podcast fixed from it will be there thank you as always for obviously subscribing this and that and hitting notification button leaving reviews it's wonderful it does mean the absolute world and thank you ever so much jump onto socials facebook and instagram that is and search your blogs about films to find the pages on there give us a like and a follow all that jazz that too would be absolutely grand so the last of us long long time i mean yeah i've already said like plenty about how much i absolutely bloody love this episode but you know it, it is an absolute stellar stellar story and in particular obviously for bill's character as well i think that nick offerman which again familiar with his work i've not seen all of you know i've seen bits and bobs of uh, parks and rec and this and that and obviously the, the kind of cameos of characters that he plays in and he has fantastic comedic range from what i've seen in this in, especially with his time and delivery so to see him be able to use that craft and kind of just sprinkle it every now and then into this doomsday conspiracy theorists, if you will. Um, I think it was just a really, really gr- just great range in terms of his performance because it was beautiful. It was just so, so good. And of course, obviously his relationship with his partner, Frank in this as well, which to follow this story, I, I'm jumping straight in with, with these two, obviously, because it, it, it has to be done. You know what I mean? It's the sole like purpose as to why I genuinely think this has been such an absolute success. And it's again down to, fantastic writing absolutely fantastic and wonderful performances and the extra layers on top of it as well you know like with the score and cinematography the aspect of what we're actually seeing and presented as an audience member it's hard not to get really emotionally attached to these characters you know as i say we meet bill at the start we get we get just a very quick one just flicking back to joe then i just to go into what i was saying there but the transition the transition sequence of seeing those skeletons on the floor, which is quite harrowing. And obviously I'll talk a little bit more about that in particular and, and Ellie and, and her kind of learning about the world itself and what happened and how it went down, this and that. But like seeing those skeletons and learning that most of these people that were dead on the floor probably weren't even infected to then kind of track across the floor up close to these skeletons as a young child with obviously I think it's like a rainbow dress or something like that kind of comes across the screen and then we're back into 2003 and it's a fantastic transition just to see the neighborhood as well to get a bit more like of a more of establishment of what like Bill of how Bill lives or where he is living at the time and obviously he's in the bunker underneath as the evacuation's going on above. And again, we get the comedic line in there, like we said, like not today, whatever this and that, whatever he says, I'm paraphrasing massively. And you know the quote that I mean. Um, you know, we see him on this setup and this whole survival mode already. Like he's been waiting for this, essentially spending most of his life dedicated to kind of anticipating the end, anticipating the doomsday clock ticking over. And here we go. This is that moment. To everyone else, he probably seems like an absolute nut job that's saving endless guns endless supplies this and that but he's been waiting for this moment and no sooner have the you know the the residents etc been taken out not taken out that way but well essentially will be taken out that way but you know they've been vacated of the actual residence etc he then comes out and it's an absolute free-for-all he gets to build his kingdom the seeing that montage been putting everything together getting the gas on obviously the fuel this and that and just going up to the get as much booze that he wants and stuff it was absolutely and, and the fact that he is pretty much living a normal life to air quote in what is an absolute disastrous apocalypse you know what i mean like it's it's just a real great contrast to see someone living so freely and so just 
it living their best life to air quote and it gets even better obviously when he does meet frank but still there is that reservedness and 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 hastiness of bill to even you know help frank in the first instance obviously letting him in for some food this and that which i just i found everything about this so compelling to watch it's like really like straight off that the chemistry those two have together you you just i was so itching to see where this would go between them what kind of relationship they would have they form a, a real close connection straight off the bat and it's so wonderful to see this kind of say this reserved real no trust in anyone guy that hates the world he even says that in his letter he hated everyone before everyone died and that this is that bright spark and in the the theme that Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann have hammered home, if anything, is that a lot of the a lot of the, the well, the show itself, the story itself, the theme is love, and this is that. This is this is in its purest form. You know what I mean? And especially when you've got the tagline of the Fireflies, which is obviously when you're lost in the darkness, look for the light. This is Bill's light at the end of the day. Yeah, he's been surviving, but he's not he's not been living. He's found that perfect someone. And what follows, I say, and I, I must commend as well Murray, Murray Bartlett's performance because he is, Frank, just absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. I really did enjoy seeing every scene these two had. I loved, as I say, the, the contrasting characters. You know, Frank wants to kind of expand and meet new friends and bring people in. Obviously, they can't just forever live on their own, whereas Bill, again, is like, we can't trust anyone, literally. And there's, again, we talk about those comedic moments, but there's a great one in between these two where they have that fallout. Obviously, we jump from, obviously, their the first intimate time together to, I think, about five, four or five, something many years in front. And we see them to kind of have that the lover's tiff or the fallouts that all long-term relationships go through. Yeah, the first one, it's, it's exciting and stuff, but the real test for that relationship is obviously when it gets to, you know, so many months in, so many years in. But again, I say talk about community time, that fallout in the street when Frank's reading off all these things saying, oh, like, you know, you think this, and obviously the government are Nazis, and then Nick Offerman's bills, like, the government are Nazis. I just think that, again, there was always this, this there was always a moment where if there was any tension, any friction or whatever, that this, like, kind of breath of fresh air came into it, this, like, kind of moment to breathe and just, like, to have a, have a laugh, have a, have a chuckle at these two characters. But... They absolutely stole the show in this. They really did, even to the point, obviously, when we're concerned for Bill, you know, in the sense that he is shot and then obviously it looks like he it could be it could be the end for his character, which, again, we're not going to delve, as I said, too much into the detour itself. But we're left thinking, is that going to be his end? And it's like he's reeling off all these things to Frank, talking to him, saying, look, I've got you a list, I've got you a list, you need to follow this, called Joel. And this is, again, what I was talking about earlier, about how even though this episode does focus on these two characters that we've never met before in terms of the TV series, it still relates back to Joel. Like all, even it just comes, it starts with Joel and Ellie. We meet obviously Joel and Tess again in the middle of this episode, which I think is a wonderful sequence. And again, had me chuckling away, obviously when they're having dinner and like Frank turns to Bill is like, can you not? And he's there with the gun, like twitching, <laughs> pointing it at Joel. I honestly, honestly, I had such a good time watching, like I said, Tess and Frank, they're having a great time. Joel, again, is kind of the one that's a little bit more reserved, and so it's just like Bill is, and they, they're two kind of, not clash, but you can see that Bill doesn't want him there, doesn't want Joel's advice at all, even when Joel's like, look, I can help you with the fences, man. Like, I can seriously, they're not going to last you that long, I can sort it out for you. Bill's almost like, I don't really want to hear that anyways. Like, I, I literally just want this done so you can go. But I do like that there is still that moment of that Bill knows that there is at least someone out there that if anything happens to him whatsoever... He can say to Frank, "Look, just call Joel. You know, what I mean, he will. He he can protect you. He is. That's what he does. That's what he says in the letter, obviously, to Joel at the end. That those two have a purpose. They need to protect someone. Albeit Bill doesn't know what's happened to Tess. He's still saying, you know, you've, we've got a purpose in life. We have 
that reason to keep fighting, to keep to keep protecting. You know, there's one thing surviving, but we have to live. I, honestly, like I, I praise the scholar so much, and I mean, we'll come to obviously the 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 more emotional side of it. But obviously, Frankfurt, we we don't get specifics as to what's happened to his health, but there is a serious deterioration in there, and we get that moment obviously where they it just says to Bill, he's going to stay up because this is going to be his last day. And I t- honestly, like even that was like the biggest gut punch to me. I was like, I couldn't. It's horrible, especially Nick Offerman's performance and reaction to what Frank is saying and asking for him to do. It was horrible. It was incredibly moving. And in a world, as I say, where there is hell breaking loose and people dying left, right, and centre, Frank's making the decision that today will be his last day. Yeah, I, I, I really, really just I couldn't. Can't really put into words as you can see just how impactful and emotional I did find that. And then the course of the day itself, even with the score right up until the moment, obviously once they got married, which was beautiful, they they went off and picked the suits out and obviously had the, the very same meal, in fact, that Bill cooked for Frank when they first met. And obviously he obviously asked him to put crunch up these pills and put them in, put them in the wine. And within that, he does so, but what Bill then later reveals after he takes his wine is that he also has put enough in to kill a horse. So making his decision as well to not be without Frank, which is incredibly heartbreaking, incredibly, as I said, already said, moving, and uh, as Frank puts it, romantic. You know, it's Bill would Bill would rather be forever in eternity with Frank, wherever that may be, than live on his own. And um, that that last shot, obviously, obviously, when we we'll come to Joel in a second, but as they driving off in the truck, and we see the window open with the with the say the curtains blowing, it said a thousand words. You know, what I mean, we don't need to see the bodies. We didn't need to see anything like that. It was just a perfect, perfect ending, which I think wraps it up entirely. I, I honestly, genuinely moved and touched. Honestly, this episode was something else. It was absolutely fantastic. Everything and everything, I absolutely. Loved both Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett's performance in this. It is absolutely one of the best TV show, TV episodes I've seen. And those two together, I said the study piece, the the character, the character piece for these two characters, more so Bill is saying and his, you know, relationship him being helped and cared for by Frank, and obviously even to the point where he was able to essentially be the person that he was supposed to be. You know, he's kind of pushed back and suppressed his sexuality, but. But Frank has come in and changed that completely for him and just opened up his eyes to, to who he is. They exist together. They had a wonderful life together and they obviously passed together. It was just so powerful. Such an incredible, incredible story. Incredibly moving, emotional. I've said all those words. Um, it, it, it was just absolutely stunning. I, I can't praise him enough. It was wonderful. Really, really beautiful performance from the two. And I mean, I, I mean, I would say I hope they get nominated for awards and Emmys and stuff, but I, I think it's part. It's one of those where, I, I, do you know, like with awards and stuff, like the the things that you think should get awards just never seem to do, especially with like really good TV shows as well. So we'll see, but they should get something at least. But this was, I'm really just in awe of of, of the outpouring of love for this episode and in particular for their performances because it was so wonderful and 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 just credit to to again. Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann to, for making this this change. Obviously, to the character, we get a bit more of Bill's. Well, we get the full background of Bill's character because in the game, it's just, a, just mentioned that Frankie's partner escaped from from you know where they were staying, and I believe he got bit or something like that. But we got to really explore and dive into this character more and really get a good feel and a good grasp as to who he is and who he was. Especially like I said, from some from people like me out there as well that are just watching this TV show episode by episode and really enjoying it. But this. 
character was absolutely well crafted, incredible storytelling, and just I've I just so just yeah, very much, very much impressed with this episode and and what they did with those characters. Um, I've often done quite a lot in fairness. This could be a bit of an extended bonus blogs episode, but I really want to touch upon obviously, um, Joel and Ellie. The, the, I think more so the fact that we learned a little bit more about what happened with the actual infection spreading and how the cordyceps, obviously the mutation, might have jumped into not jumped in literally, but obviously managed to get into flour stuff like that and in everyday products around the world. That is so scary, isn't it? And and it's nice that the wall or whatever between Joel and Ellie is, is just it's been broken down bit by bit. We're seeing more of a connection, more of a relationship between the two, at least that bond, by the end of this episode in particular anyways, definitely, but even from the start, you know, you kind of see in the fact that Joel, although he's maybe been a bit deflective and still kind of mourning the loss of what's happened to Tess and even blaming, to an extent, Ellie for what's happened, because it's like, well, if we weren't with you, if we didn't do this or whatever she would still be here kind of thing. Whereas Ellie's rightly there to be like, look, no one asked you to come and do this. Like, you could have just stayed if you wanted to. Like, don't blame me for something. And what I found interesting, is, I believe it was it was Neil Druckmann, it was Neil Druckmann or Craig Mazin was saying that what he sees that is, is that Ellie's saying those words, but at the same time, that's not really what she thinks. There is a, still a little bit of guilt and probably blames herself to see a little bit about what happened to Tess, which again, we'll see how that kind of, that if that develops, if that explodes any further, but I'm just really enjoying seeing these two. And it's that thing again of Joel always there to protect someone. And in, we see that again early on when he doesn't want Ellie to see the skeletons, even when we see the plane crash this night, he doesn't want to go anywhere near it kind of thing to protect her. Again, you would say that that's what he's doing with this whole gun situation where he's asking Ellie, uh, he's telling Ellie, I should say, not to get a gun when she's asking for one. Obviously, she does sneak Frank's gun into her backpack at the end, but still, it's again, maybe that protection. And I think at the start of it, it was maybe like, I don't trust you enough to even give you a gun. There are probably still layers of that as well. But at the end of the day, she's a 14-year-old kid. You've seen her reaction to when she got in the car for the first time. Everything is so new and alien to her. Like, she's been brought up and she's been to school, obviously, Fedra's school, which the government are telling literally what they want them to know, which is very little, of course, which is why it's so interesting and, and obviously mind-blowing in a way that she's able to literally walk and talk to a person, being Joel, who experienced it firsthand as to what happened. He even said, like, Friday, every day it was in September, that's when it happened, it all kicked off. By Monday, everything was gone. You know, that is such a terrifying concept in itself, and I really, really am enjoying seeing them. I know, again, like I said, they, were, they weren't the main passengers and the main protagonists that we followed in this particular episode, but by the end of it, obviously, when Joel's reading that letter, obviously everything that Bill has left for him and has said to him to protect Tess, he can do that for Ellie. And straight off the bat, he gives her those three rules. Uh, what was the rules? It's not like, don't eat after midnight, don't. I'm only kidding. Um, what was the rules he said? He was, uh, oh, that was it. Never mention Tess. Don't even talk about each other's pasts. Don't tell anyone or show anyone about your bite or your condition. Condition is what he said, which I thought was really cool. Like a good line of like, there's a pause. And then he says condition. Uh, they'll just shoot you. And then the last one is do what I say when I say it. And straight off, that's it. We are now moving forward. Ellie obviously kind of is like, yeah, you, whatever you say is goes kind of thing. But I still... She is like still learning herself. She's not seen the real world out out there, this big wide world. You know, she gets to see that infected man in the in the basement of that that shop, or whatever that Joel hid some supplies, and uh, it's like interest, intrigue. Of she she doesn't just like I say stab and kill the infected, um, the infected person that's there. She slices up, slices a little bit of the head to see what's in there before then unleashing the final blow, kind of thing, and. It's just everything is new to her. She's learned as she goes on, which is obviously going to be great character development as well, in particular, obviously, for her growing within this world and being able to take down 
A infected and B any bad guys that are going to no doubt pop up, which looks like it's going to happen in the next uh, in the next particular episode. But there was just a lot, as I say, in this that I absolutely, absolutely loved. I think that it is just a fantastic piece, fantastic piece of television. As I say, easily one of the best TV episodes I've ever seen. Absolutely wonderful. There's going to be loads as well that I've missed out that I really wanted to kind of maybe speak about or like kind of go over, but. I'm sure we'll touch upon it again at a later date or something, but long, long time, The Last of Us was really moving and really emotional. Like, I had such a roller coaster of a time with it. I laughed a lot. I obviously was edging my seat a fair bit, but mainly bawling my eyes out an awful, awful lot. It was so sad. So I just, yeah, fair play to everyone involved with this because they've absolutely smashed it. Like, I really, really do rate this episode highly. Nine and a half out of ten, maybe ten out of ten quality for me. And... Hopefully my words and waffling have done that justice anyways, because there was so much to really just enjoy. Really, really was great. Um, I'll leave it there. Let me know your thoughts on Long Long Time, episode three of The Last of Us, season one. Very excited again to continue with these episodes weekly. Do I say get in touch? Let me know what you're thinking of The Last of Us on the socials or however. It'll be greatly appreciated. But as always, thank you so much for your support. And as always, take care.